This is Valor Radio. Valor, strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to face danger with steel-clad resolve and determination in battle or in any other situation. Valor, like that displayed by veterans of every branch of the military throughout our community. This radio show, Valor Radio, salutes all of you who have raised your right hands to volunteer and protect and preserve our unique American way of life. Thanks for joining us and your brothers and sisters in uniform for Valor Radio. Here are your hosts, Colonel Paul Simonelli and Captain Steve Mamano. And once again, uh, from our Florida studios at WISL, we bring in Colonel Paul Simonelli and Captain Steve Mamano here in the house. Uh, hey there, Colonel. How you doing? Doing okay. All right. Steve, how are you today? Paul, I'm doing okay. All right. Getting ready for the big game, aren't you? I am getting ready. Okay. I was uh, rifling through boxes oh. looking for cold weather gear. <laughs> for what? <laughs> oh, so, so you could go. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to need something up there, right? Well, the weather uh, forecast isn't too bad. Uh-huh. Last I looked. You got good seat? It was high 40s and dry. Uh-huh. Oh, that's good. So... Well, dry, dry that's the important factor right there. Yeah, it really is. You got to have a good set of gloves. That's, yeah, yeah. Let's see what it says today. I didn't check and see what it said. Um, I'm hoping it's going to be okay. Is it a smoke free environment? Aren't all the stadiums? I don't know. Are they? I, haven't, I don't get out much. Oh, for almost any public place anymore. Oh, it's it's smoke free. Yeah. Go to Army Navy. It said. Oh, wow. So, you know what the challenge is, though? There's hmm. activities. I mean, the game doesn't start till 3. But if you look online, you know, activities start about 10 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. There's some great stuff going on then. You know, if you've never seen it, it's a, they the do pageantry. the march on. Yeah. and That's pretty cool. Um, my niece and nephew, the submariner, have never seen the march on. Oh, they're in so for. I'm assuming they're, in they're for real treat. See that. Oh. And it's very interesting. And I know Steve, you're going to probably take uh, offense oh. to this, uh-huh. but you know the army guys march on and gals, and they look like they know how to march. And then the navy marches on, and it just doesn't look nearly as good. But I think there's a reason why. And I don't think it has to do with the marching. You sure they were talking now, about the academy now? They're not talking about the, the local reservists or the, you know, the, the no, National no, I'm Guard? No, about the academies. But, okay, but, all right. But I'll tell you why I think it looks that way. All I'm, right. I'm going to give you an out on this one. Okay. So the Navy or the Army guys and gals, they're dressed in all in gray. Mm-hmm. Gray hats, gray coats, gray pants. So it's all one color. Now the Navy guys... Um, the Navy guys march, and they're wearing dark blue, but they got a white hat. Right. So I think there's movement between the head and the shoulders and everything else. And so I think you just see more movement. Hmm, it could be. You think that might be? Well, you know, I got to tell you, the, um, the, the, the people that are probably introducing these midshipmen to, uh, well, first of all, it's probably just like it is at OCS where the, the senior uh, classmen 
are basically putting the 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 younger kids through the the drills um you know that's they're the ones doing it it's not like uh you get drill sergeants or anything in there doing it they're, it's well, mids doing point? it's it's mids and, and cadets doing you know doing the training for each other so um, you know, it's not like you could say, well, you know, at AOCS, they used to say this all the time, you know, because I went to OCS Newport, which is not, not aviation, it's surface Navy. And the, the guys at Pensacola would say, well, we march better than the guys at Newport because we had Marine Corps uh, gunny sergeants as our, um, our drill instructors. And you guys had other midshipmen teaching you. And that's a very good point. It's a valid point because, unfortunately, in my case, the guy that was our midshipman instructor spent like four years as a Marine Corps drill instructor prior, prior to uh, coming in the Navy. So, But, uh, yeah, there's, a, there's usually a reason for it. But um, you, you may be right. There's just, you know, there's more, there's more ground pounder stuff that, that the Army does. And they, they tend to do it better uh, probably because of it. You know, they, they do more of it. Well, as long as we started talking about the game, might as well hit on some of the numbers. Oh, uh, yeah. Our buddy uh, Roger Hill had to make sure he informed us. Um, and he's got good statistics. Let's see. What's the overall, yeah, what's the overall score so far? Uh, 62... 53 and 7. Seven ties. Yes. Well, that's like kissing your sister, huh? Yeah. That and must be Navy. that must have sucked having to be in a, a tie yeah. game with the with the army or the navy. Yeah, so the navy's up. Yeah, by and by 8, right? Or 9. 9. 9, yeah. And they had a heck of a run from 2002 to 2015. Yeah, that was kind of obscene. 14 14 in yeah. a row. That must have been really de- de- uh, depressing and, uh, you know, m- really take the air out of your, your, you know, your sails. Yeah. yeah. All four years, uh, my son was at West Point. He graduated uh, um, in 2015. Ooh, so, so he was there during that dry spell? Oh, yeah. Oh, that had to be tough, huh? Yeah. And so uh, he, he did go to the game in 2015, though, in the fall. Mm-hmm. And and so he did see them win. Well, at least he didn't. He wasn't part but, of that uh, 1973 game, where uh, there was the oh, biggest. You gotta uh, bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, when I saw it, I kind of, I, I, you know, I think I watched that game when I was a kid. But I remember it's like the back in the Cleveland Cooper days, you know, at, at Army. But the the Navy beat Army 51 to nothing. That had to be. Just, Thank you, Roger. Yo. For. Uh, for bringing that number up, yeah, that was a that was a bad one, but you know, uh, Army's uh, Army's coming back, and they, they they had an impressive win last year, and uh, who knows? So uh, it's uh, pretty close this year. Uh, Navy was favored, but now they're saying Army's favored by a couple of points. Mm. Uh, in this game, you just never know. Yeah, you don't. You really don't. Well, it doesn't matter uh, what the statistics are. Or no, what the, you know. not at all. And they're going to die if they have to to get that ball across the goal line. Right. That's the beauty of the Army-Navy. You know that they're doing everything possible. And, and uh, they'll do anything to, you know, honorable to win that game. Well, that's kind right. of what it's all about, right? I know. <laughs> yeah. 
I remember years, there's been some years with a lot of penalties, but I remember years where there were no penalties in the game. Do you? Uh, just, uh, yeah, I remember a couple of years. So, uh, but it's a, it's typically a hard game to watch in person because of, uh, well, anytime you go to a game now, I think it's hard to watch. Because of all the distractions? Because or? of all the TV time. No, the oh, TV t- oh, time. Oh, yeah, there's a million of them. That's very true. And then both teams run these very boring offenses. Yeah, they do. And so uh, they're all dive up the middle. Uh, there's no there's no power yeah, sweeps or, or triple yeah. option. And oh, what are we going to do? Triple option to the right? Triple <laughs> option to the left? No, triple option to the right. <laughs> Any run pass <laughs> options? They do anything like that? Or? Once in a great while, uh, they just typically don't have good uh, have a very good passing game. If either team has a passing game. It's usually Navy. You get the feeling that special teams are going to maybe decide. Uh, a lot like, of times they do. Yeah, they do. They, they make a break in the game, special teams. Yeah, so Kick return we'll or rep- something. We'll have a report on it uh, in, uh, next week. And we'll be back with more Valor Radio in just a minute. All right, closed circuit here, not for broadcast, uh, for the Colonel. Haha, that's a joke because it's going over the air right now. Uh, you're uh, you're dropping out a little bit here and there. So if you uh, have any magic to do with your software uh, from the Florida studios, that would be wonderful. Valor Radio on the WISL stations. Go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in office in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award. MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Michigan Miller's Mutual Insurance, 2425 East Grand River Avenue, Lansing, Michigan. Hi, I'm Alan Ginsberg of the A.M. Ginsberg Advisory Group, LLC. I know a lot of you have heard enough of my ad regarding business continuation. We started this campaign in September 2020, and I want you to know the response has just been tremendous. The best part is that we're seeing the results of our efforts. Business owners who have been procrastinating on how to make sure their business continues on a successful path are starting to make the changes that are needed. Whether it be talking to their children 
key employees or favorite competitors, they are starting to get things done, making sure that their life's work doesn't just go by the wayside. Give us a call at 585-377-4720. We'll sit down and talk, find out what your business and family goals are. That's 585-377-4720. Thank you. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. AM Ginsburg Advisory Group and the Securities America companies are separate entities. The Stars and Stripes flag store is open again. Shop at 783 South Avenue Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 1 to 5. All American-made flags, many different types, apparel, drinkware, ornaments, and more. Honor our heroes. Shop Stars and Stripes flag store open again just in time for Christmas. You're listening to Valor Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. We are back in here. A little Christmas music from Rankin Bass. I'm Mr. Green Christmas. I'm Mr. Sun. Again, here's the Colonel from Florida. Are you there, Colonel? Oh, I'm here. Ah, okay. Great. You're on. Okay, thanks. Well, a few things to talk about. I just wanted to quickly mention if we have any veterans out there that serve uh, between uh, 2003 and uh, 2015 and were deployed to uh, Afghanistan or Iraq and happened to use 3M earplugs, uh, it's not too late to uh, get your name on a list as part of the lawsuit that's uh, uh, going on right now against 3M for those earplugs if you suffered any injury. Uh, 3M has agreed to pay. Uh, I know they've agreed to pay $6 billion in settlement for right, defective earplugs. Bi- yeah, right. right. And I think it's going to work out probably for most folks in the area of about $15,000. The lawyers are going to make a ton of money. (laughs) There are some 260,000 lawsuits against 3M for these earplugs. Right. Can you imagine? Right. That's a lot of, that's a lot of litigation. It is. But Uh, most of those, nothing to sneeze at a couple, you know, 15 K or whatever. Right. Most of those are members of the class, so um, and there's a few folks out there doing it on their own. Um, and thank God, most of the injuries are not horribly uh, mm-hmm. significant or debilitating. So you were affected by that. Yeah, I, you know, it's uh, um, you know the nexus is uh seems obvious but uh so you know we'll see what happens um and i guess if enough people uh don't agree the whole a wrench could get thrown in the whole thing mm-hmm. so it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens but yeah. i guess it's still not too late if people haven't filed up to this time well um, they should look into it i mean if nothing sure. else i'm sure a lot of a lot of folks uh, over time have uh, lost uh, some of their hearing because of uh, exposure to artillery or or machinery or or uh, shipboard engines. I mean, there's a lot, right. lot of lot of noise uh, out there, and 
and uh, they're all eligible. So, and they were supposed to be protected by these uh, earplugs. And uh, 3M still stands by them, of course. And they say, you know, they were they were uh, you know uh, effective when used as directed. But uh, apparently, uh, a lot of people are having uh, problems, and and they've decided to settle. So, well, you know, they looked so cool. I saw um, them. Yeah, they look look like little torpedoes. Yeah, and you know, multicolor. Yeah, and little, little case they come in. Just by the way they look, they said, "Oh, these must be better than the ones I have." Right. So of course, they grab a pair, and uh, then you end up finding out yeah. later they may not have been. I saw so. I saw a, a little piece of video yesterday of Douglas MacArthur uh, uh, on a ship. When they were uh, firing artillery uh, in preparation for his landing, his his Leyte Gulf landing landing uh, in the Philippines, and he had cotton in his ears, and I, yeah. I, I it's like I've never really seen any general or admiral like with any kind of ear protection in World War II, and here he was, uh, you know, he was no dummy. Well, they probably didn't let themselves uh, get photographed with it. Well, he he sure did. He looked yeah. pretty funny because, you know, he, he looks like a statue, but there he is with his cotton in his ears. Yeah. I'm sure he got a lot of grief about it. So they say uh, hearing loss and then uh, tinnitus are the number one in three uh, claims that the VA gets. Is it? Uh, yeah. oh. So speaking of claims, uh, Veterans Affairs uh, admitted this past Monday uh, that they lost more than 120,000 uh, files for benefits with their online system. Yeah, what do you think about pathetic. that? Pathetic. I, I, I couldn't believe what I was reading. They lost them. Electronically lost. Right. And the, the problem was everybody thought they were tracking along, and no action took place on any of those claims for a long time. And all of a sudden, now they're they're finally fessing up. Well, we lost them. Yeah. And that's just not going to fly. I mean, they they can't just leave people out in the breeze like that. And I suspect they won't. They'll they'll do something. No, it's it's sad. It is sad. Um. And unfortunately, you know, guys like us still have our wits about us. Well, I you still have yours, but uh, sorta. You know, we can probably recreate, recreate it, and uh, uh, but you know, some of these older guys and gals, this just becomes difficult, yeah, frustrating, and they give up. Oh, I know they give up. I I, I talk to them all the time, and they they just uh, you know they, they they can't sit around and draft a letter, or um, you know, or, or or sit at a computer and send an email. They they're just not those kind of people, and they and they'll just they'll just decide it's not worth it, and they they won't even they won't even go the the distance, and uh, that's kind of what a lot of people are counting on. Probably they'll they'll just get tired of, of fighting the system, and and that'll be it, and that's generally what happens. You know, uh, I've already um, I'm already working with three veterans down here, uh, a Vietnam era vet. And uh, two uh, Somalia uh, era veterans, and just all three of them just have given up. 
Ah, oh, jeez. I hate to Not, hear that. And it and it's very obvious looking at their records without a doubt that these people um have valid claims. And you know they're the type of people um that you know they they went in for evaluations. Mhm. And in fact, the older gentleman went in with his daughter and the cl- the person doing the evaluation said, oh, I'm, the way I'm writing this up, he's going to be denied. Wink, wink, but you can appeal it. Well, then. Ah, oh, gee, why do they say that? And why do you say if, that? If they're going to win on appeal, then why not write it up? Why not ask the questions you need to ask? To get the person through this and give them some relief. Yeah, you I'm know, so frustrated. They, they, they I'm feel actually like taken an affidavit uh-huh. from the daughter about what uh, the evaluator said to her. There is, I'm so frustrated when I hear what these evaluators say sometimes and the questions they don't ask with the records they have in front of them mm-hmm. uh, that it just... Um, it just makes me absolutely crazy. I, and in his case, there's nothing more obvious when you look at his records that there's a valid claim. And, you know, if these people don't go in and and some people just can't advocate for themselves and the evaluators need to ask the questions they really do have a duty. If, if mm-hmm. there's a valid claim there, they need to draw the person out. Yeah, they, they need to be their, their voice or, and, and help them navigate the bureaucracy. I'm, I just I can't tell you how frustrating it is. And, here, and this guy in particular could really use the help. Yeah. He could use you know, the acknowledgement of what he went through to say, yes, um, I did go through a traumatic event. I, I don't. It has I, detriment, detrimentally affected my life, Colonel. I, I just I, I don't understand. I thought the VA was there to support and help and advance the best interests of of the veterans and the military. I, I, I'm detecting like this adversarial thing where you know they they, they got to meet some standard of proof and they, obviously they need an attorney because you're there. I mean, what gives with us? Well. Well, first of all, the people doing the evaluations are contract folks. They're not VA employees. Um, and so, and I'm not sure there's a lot of continuity. I, I'm not sure what metric they're measured against. Uh, and I, you know, and maybe some people go in there and, you know, their claim isn't valid or it, it the person isn't sick enough at this point. And I, I get that. Everybody doesn't have a valid claim. But when there's when the records in front of you are obvious and someone has just not connected the dots, you can connect the dots. It, you're not doing anything wrong to connect the dots if all the information is there. Ask the right questions and connect the dots for the person. Maybe the person isn't capable of articulating and and you just see this time and time again, and it's just very frustrating. I, I don't think they're actively trying not to do it. I just don't understand uh, why they don't. Um, 
I don't think they get rewarded by writing a negative report. I, I just I just don't understand why people and why would someone say, well, I'm not going to do it, but you'll win it on appeal. Because what happens, what we're seeing is uh, these claims are getting slowed down dramatically because what the appeals boards have been doing recently in the last three or four years, they haven't just been reversing. They have been because once an appeal goes up, you can't add any new information to it. So what the appeals boards have been doing, they have been sending the cases back and saying, you need to ask these questions that you never asked. And and so now it's clogging up the system. So now instead of that evaluator seeing five new people, you've got to go back to that evaluator and have them ask the questions they never asked the first time. So if anything, they should... You know, that, that company should lose money when that stuff's got to go back to ask questions they should have asked the first time. Amen. Oh, That's uh, what I would say. All right. I'm hearing some music, so we'll take a break here. When we come back, uh, more with uh, Valor Radio. By all means. And, yes, the podcast is always available on the all-new WYSL1040.com. Look for the podcast page. Just navigate to Valor Radio. There's more to come. Angels are singing. On the Sunday we met But our love Burns like a flame in the night From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks And from Canada to Pennsylvania You're listening to Valor Radio we are back in here with Valor Radio Merry Christmas to all Happy Hanukkah as well And here is the Colonel Thanks Robert so, Steve, yeah. I got to ask you, you being in the intel business, yeah, what's the deal? I know what you you're going to ask about. You're going to ask about that diplomat. Yeah, U.S. ambassador charged with spying for Cuba since 1981. Isn't that disgusting? 40-year period. He, he, he got into spying from the minute he was uh, picked up by, uh, in federal service. In 1981, he's been spying for Cuba ever since, and we just found out about it. He's the former ambassador to Bolivia, if you can believe that, from 2000 to 2002. So, um, yeah, that's that's uh, George Bush uh, administration. Um, he's accused of giving classified information to Cuba and of traveling outside the U.S. to meet with Cuban representatives. His name is... Um, uh, Rocha, Roca, uh, you pronounce that. Um, Attorney General Garland said <clears throat> one of the highest ranking, uh, highest reaching and longest lasting infiltrations of the U.S. government by a former agent. Uh, and allegedly uh, he started spying in 1981. So uh, this fellow um, was arrested on Friday in Miami and he's uh, appeared in court on Monday. Um, but he became exposed to an FBI undercover operation, which is great that they that they eventually you know caught up with him. But uh, he's Colombian by birth. He became a U.S. citizen in 1978. So, uh, you know, every time you you get somebody who becomes a U.S. citizen, three years, and then, and then automatically in three years he gets hired on to be a diplomat. You gotta take it with a grain of salt because 
you know, he he became a citizen in '78. Right. For God's sake. Uh, and then he served as an advisor to the commander of U.S. Southern Command from 2006 to 2012. What a nice fellow, huh? I wonder what they're going to do with him now that they found out about him. That's interesting. Well, I was telling Bob, you know, I um, when I was working at DIA, we had a Cuban spy of our own that got um, that got found out about. Her name was Anna Montez. Now. Uh, she spied on behalf of Cuba for 17 years uh, while she was a, the senior Cuba analyst for DIA. That's a pretty high-speed job. And in, uh, in, in, uh, this is 21 September 01, right after 9-11, she got arrested and charged with conspiracy to commit espionage for the government of Cuba. She pleaded guilty in 2002 and was sentenced to 25 years in prison. And just recently, in January of this year, she was uh, released after serving 20 years in jail. Thank you, Joe Biden. So, uh, Steve, I I understand that you've actually been memorialized in the movies. I have? Yeah, by Kevin Costner. (laughs) Oh, tell me, tell me. (laughs) I must have missed this one. Yeah. What year did that movie come out? 1987. You talking about uh, Field of Dreams? No. Uh, oh, a Navy no. movie. Oh, the, the, uh, oh, no Way Out. No Way Out. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. Was a, that wasn't was, that about you? No, it wasn't. And uh, there's a lot of running going on in that movie. I, I remember a lot of people running through the Pentagon. Right. And I used to think about that every time I was running through the Pentagon. See? But uh, it wasn't the same. It wasn't, huh? I, I didn't wear my – I don't think I ever wore whites. In the Pentagon. But Kevin Costner, he wore whites during the whole movie. When he, uh-huh. wasn't, when he wasn't having sex with uh, Sean Young or whatever her name was. That's what, how do you remember her name? See, well, I, think you, I think there's more to this than you're admitting. Sean Young was the bomb back then. But she yes. sure she, was. She's a little bit goofy, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Check up from the neck up. Uh, yeah. She was in uh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner, yeah, she, she was. And, and also Ace Ventura Pet Detective. <laughs> <laughs> That's and right. Stripes. She was in Stripes. That's true. That's yeah. right. So yeah, she oh. was. She was uh, so what's going uh, on, Steve? With what? Uh, what we we can't we can't protect our ships. No. Oh, uh, with the ships, no. I don't know what's what? going on with that. I ask uh, Admiral Franchetti because that's her fleet now. You know, and uh, you know all I know is two ships were fired on by Houthi rebels, and I don't see anybody retaliating so far. I hear about well. The ship, you know, shot down the missile or shot down the drone. But I want, I want payback. I don't just want them to shoot down the, the incoming. I want them to retaliate in kind. Don't you? Yeah, I saw the SecDef again saying that, hmm. you know, SecDef. we will strike back in proportion. Right, right. And... What well, does that let, mean? let's just break, let's just see the let uh, set the table here. USS Kearney was just attacked by missiles from the Houthi rebels in the Red Sea, um, and 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 the, the SecDef called it a major escalation, which it was. Um, the, these are uh, Yemeni uh, 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 rebels uh, taking credit for two ships' uh, attacks: one with a drone and one with a missile. 
and then uh, um, under the Trump administration, um, uh, the, the Houthi rebels were put on the terrorism list. And Joe Biden promptly removed them from the list. That's right. His first day in office. Was it his first day? That, isn't that nice? He did, he did that his first day in office. Yeah. Great. And then also last... taking <laughs> um, a whole number of groups off the terrorist watch list. Oh, I'm sure he did. Well, anything that Trump did, he undid. <laughs> well, that's insane. Um, it's insane. That we, and now, and now so, we're in a position where, um, you know, uh, CENTCOM uh, uh, could not ID the attackers initially. But uh, now that we've uh, established who's responsible, I think something needs to be done. Well, I think it goes a little farther than that, Steve. These are fairly sophisticated weapons. This isn't generic RPGs right. that are produced by the millions in 20 different countries. Or a mine in the water. Or right. a mine. Right. Or an AK-47 round. This, these are sophisticated weapons that Correct. are produced. We've got to know where they're produced. How they get into their hands, I really don't care. I agree. So I'm with you. I'm with you, Colonel. I say go to the source. Well, here, here's a statement from the U.S. CENTCOM commander. This is General Michael Eric Carrilla is his name. Quote, maritime domain security is essential to regional stability. We will continue to work with allies and partners to ensure the safety and security of international shipping lane, lines. Shipping lanes, excuse me. Ugh. Is that boring or what? Now, sounds, sounds pretty bland. Yeah. Now, contrast this with with uh, uh, Admiral William Frederick Halsey. Okay, in World War II, when his, he, he was quoted as saying, "When the war is over, the Japanese language will be spoken only in hell." <laughs> <laughs> See, there's a that's little a, bit of a contrast. That's what there. we need. We See? need that straight talk. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. What we need. If nothing else, it'll motivate the sailors out there. Uh, but this baloney about we will consult with our allies and m- maritime dominance. We'll send a strongly not. worded letter. <sighs> I got to take really a shower. Is, it, it really is. <sighs> um, yeah. I hope something, something happens. That, uh... Well, because you know what's going to happen, Paul? Somebody's going to get hurt. Some somebody's son, a daughter, is going to get hurt, and it's unnecessary. We we can't allow this to go unanswered. We have to do something about it. We are honor bound to do something about it. Of course, yeah. of course, without without a doubt. Same music. All right, it's music time. So we're going to take a break and pay some bills. We'll be back shortly with more of Valor Radio. And with Captain Steve Amano and Colonel Paul Simonelli in our Florida studios at WYSL, there's more to come on Valor Radio.
And the children say he can laugh and play just the same as you and me. Your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Michigan Miller's Mutual Insurance, 2425 East Grand River Avenue, Lansing, Michigan. The Stars and Stripes flag store is open again. Shop at 783 South Avenue Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 1 to 5. All American-made flags, many different types, apparel, drinkware, ornaments, and more. Honor our heroes. Shop Stars and Stripes flag store open again just in time for Christmas. Hey, how about becoming a member of the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo, New York? Help us preserve history. Plus, you get some pretty fancy benefits. Visit us online, nationalwarplanemuseum.com. If you're a veteran in crisis or concerned about one, please call the Veterans Crisis Line at 988 and then press 1. Donate now, vocroc.org. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. We are back in here wishing you a Merry Christmas from the folks here at Valor Radio, the Captain and the Colonel, and yours truly. There's, here's the Colonel. Thanks, Robert. So I just want to talk about this a couple minutes because there's uh, something I want to finish up with today. But, uh, Steve, uh, they've been uh, uh, playing with or modifying the promotion system the last few years. And... You know, they've done away with uh, pictures in promotion packets, and some of the services have even taken names out of uh, promotion packets to try to uh, sanitize records so that they're uh, erasing any chance for bias in uh, the promotion process. Mm -hmm. And I I generally don't have a problem with that. and they're finding that uh, a higher number, percentage of minority officers are being promoted um, than before they were doing this. So um, they, they don't think they have enough data to make any conclusions, but uh, they have two years of data, and they're saying they're finding uh, that a higher number are being promoted to uh, 04. Now, I, I think it's the same in the Navy and in the Army. Uh, that's the first time that someone's looked at as best qualified versus fully qualified. Is that, that correct for the Navy also? Uh, you know, uh, I would suspect that if it's going on in the Army, the Navy is uh, right on their heels. Um, right. Because so they don't, they, they don't folks, want any, any uh, uh, hint that they're not picking the best qualified Personnel. Well, so uh, 
for promotion to O2 and O3, um, that's officer ranks, the first two ranks promotion. Um, if you're fully qualified and you don't have anything horrible in your record, mm-hmm. you get promoted. Well, you know, I've o- always been kind of that way with the right. at least for, for o- O2 and O3. You right. Get, you o- get four try. is the first time right. that they say best qualified. Uh-huh. So there's actually a numeric cutoff um, for people getting promoted. Mm-hmm. And so that's this is where they looked at with this study. And they found that when they did away with pictures and got rid of names, um, that uh, a higher number of uh, minority officers were being promoted, which is perfectly, you know, like I said, we'll see what happens when they get a larger um, group and they try to draw some conclusions. They're not drawing any conclusions. They've just got raw numbers right mm-hmm. now. And uh, I assume they're going to continue to do this on the promotion boards, uh, and we'll see what the future holds. So um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, you got to uh, try pretty hard in the Navy to not make uh, Lieutenant Junior grade. It's pretty. It's pretty, it's a pretty cut and dried affair. After two right. years, you, you're you're gonna you're gonna put on O two, unless you right. did something uh, stupid. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. why. They started looking at this at the 04 level yeah. when they did this. Right. So this past week, um, got an email uh, with some very, very sad news. Uh, you know, there's people you meet in your life uh, and people that you come across. And, you know, I went to McQuaid, uh, and we've had some pretty interesting folks that have come out of McQuaid. And in my generation of McQuaid, someone that uh, everybody knew, um, you couldn't have gone to McQuaid in my era and not known, was uh, a man by the name of Craig Kennedy. And I'm not going to lie, when I left McQuaid, I I lost touch with Craig Kennedy. I didn't stay in touch with him um, uh, at all. And I knew that he had gone into the Air Force, and that was pretty much the last... uh, I knew about him other than once in a while his name might pop up on an alumni newsletter mm-hmm. about children or grandchildren or something else. Well, some sad news this week. He passed away this past week. And, um, you know, sometimes it takes a, a terrible event like that to uh, learn information. And yeah, I'm sorry uh, to hear that. He found out. Craig in high school, was uh, a force to be reckoned with. You know, he was a star athlete playing uh, football, wrestling. Um, I think he was throwing a shot putt. He was a big guy, big, strong. Uh, Might have been the biggest and strongest guy in my class. And he went in the Air Force? He went in the Air Force, enlisted. Uh, oh. After high school, spent 38 years in the Air Force. Uh, you he know was what a pararescue man. Oh, yeah, there you go. Senior master sergeant. He was did. He was an Ironman coach, mentor, mm. um, and uh, 38 years of service in the United States Air Force. Uh, he lived truly by their motto of of the his specialty, which was. These things we do so others may live. Mm. Um, came to find out his career as a pararescue team leader 
Uh, you know, you could probably write a book about um, his heroism and intrepidness and sacrifice. Uh, more than once he parachuted into dangerous seas, you know, filled with sharks, dropped into enemy territory, um, was tossed around in terrific storms, spent nights alone at sea, um, risking his life to save other people. Uh, you know, he served his country for, th- for 38 years. Wow, that's um, a long time. He, uh, that's a long time. I mean, he loved and sacrificed for others. Yeah, you don't, do, he, you don't he serve was that the long. First, you don't love it. He was the first person on the scene at the explosion of the Challenger space shuttle. Oh, jeez. Um, you know, he was mm. a survivor and rescueman in the path of uh, multiple hurricanes in the Florida area. He served four tours of duty in Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation Enduring Freedom. Um, you know, he was a witness, and he was a part of history. And, you know, as much as we, we, we say this too often, but he really was part of history and, and, and was a hero. Lives were changed because of him. Um, you know, I didn't know him in his service time. I knew him as the guy in high school, the biggest guy, the guy that could beat the crap out of anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also knew him as the guy because he, he knew how to make people laugh. And he also, on a dare, if I remember correctly, got involved in a couple of musicals. So, <laughs> um, you know. Hey, can I ask you, what was your motto? Of uh, McQuaid High School, you know, I'm, I knew. You. I'm just curious. I, I you know, because I'm thinking of what the motto of Bishop Carney was, which was uh, "Fac omnia bene," do all things well. And I was thinking that applies to your friend. Well, he now it's men for others. I'm trying to remember what it was when I was there. Oh, I got you. I got you, Paul. You do. Wow. You do. Um, Ooh, I, I like that. Yeah. Oh, well, but uh, I'll bet you he so, lived up to their motto too. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. I, you know, I can still remember. You know, he he was he he got himself jammed up a few times, but uh, you know, I can just still remember the smile on his face. He he was a character, and uh, he's going to be missed. And uh, Steve, I'm just going to tell you, you're, you and Bob are going to be doing the show next week because I am going to drive across the state of Florida. Uh, he's uh, to attend his funeral um, next Tuesday afternoon. So there you go. Um, I apologize for not doing the show, no, but I just felt a, like he important. earned well, the right to have as many of us there as yeah, possible absolutely. for his 38 years of service to this nation. Uh, you, you and, did the, you're doing uh, the right I just thought thing. it'd be important to be there, and I just want to wish his family, sure, um, his children, and his uh, his wife, um, and uh, his wife Joanne. Uh, let them know that uh, they're in our prayers, and uh, say thank you to Craig for a lifetime of service, and uh, uh, know that we'll keep them in our thoughts and prayers as time Absolutely. goes by. Uh, in these holidays, especially in these holidays, it's always going to be difficult. So, uh, never would have thought I would have seen him in the service, but uh, or ending up doing this sort of thing. But very proud uh, to have known him, and uh, now, uh, wish I would have known him in his service years. Are you planning on uh, driving to uh, Army Navy? Oh no, you're going to no. fly. 
direct flight from here up to Providence. Well, you know, there's no place to stay, right? I mean, you know the. Oh, I got reservations. Uh, well, the the uh, aliens took your your your. Oh uh, no, room. we're all set. You sure about that? Sure, yes. You, you sure you're not going to pitch a tent? Well, if I have to pitch a tent, um, we're going to go live. We're going to go live. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Famous last words. Was this going to be Burning Man 2? <laughs> oh, boy. I don't think that's going to happen. You know, I, and, I mean, it's hard enough. I mean, think about this. It's usually about, I don't know, thirty to 40,000 people. That Jeez. show up oh, in the area yeah. wherever that Army Navy game is. So yeah. that's a lot of hotel rooms. That's a lot of rooms, right? So um, <laughs> it'll be, uh, but no, we make our reservations usually a year in advance. Yeah. And well, anyway, folks, uh, it's another week. Let's keep our soldiers, sailors, airmen, uh, especially uh, pararescuemen, senior master sergeant Craig Kennedy. Uh, God rest his soul uh, in your thoughts and in your prayers. And uh, let's have a great week. Be thankful for what we have. And we'll see you next week on Valor Radio. All business in my suit. Yeah, I'm dressed up for success. From my head down to my boots. I don't do it for the money. There's bills that I can't pay. I don't do it for the glory. I just do it anyway Providing for our futures My responsibility Yeah, I'm real good on the pressure Being all that I can be